a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nightside Project. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? We passed that. When? Just now. Wear it now, now. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition Fall. summer season. It is a little weird to be back here doing this. Yeah, the weird part's me taking your temperature before each show. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. Did you just play the, the limited edition spring season intro? <laughs> I said fall right at the right when it said it. I look, all no the same, noticed. all no the same noticed. COVID jokes from the summer and the spring. Guess what? They still work. They're People still are still taking temperatures. We're aware of what that means. Mm-hmm. It's a very timely reference, and yeah. uh, it works out. Ethan Miller, Alex Curie. Hey, we are back from uh, any sort of version of a of a Thanksgiving. We went to St. George. We oh, got good. away. Just started a little uh, family. Good. Yeah, we told all of our uh, closest family members that we have COVID. That's why we couldn't go to anything. We can't come to anything. We have a, yeah. we all have COVID. So don't go down to St. George either because that's where we're actually going to be riding out this wave. But um, we were found out, and then we ended up having to come back and actually come to work. So nobody's got COVID in the family yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming it's bearing down on us, Ethan. I know you haven't gotten it. We all know somebody yeah. now close to us who have gotten it. That's oh, like yeah. all of us uh, – every. every People all around us are are now uh, getting it, but I'm uh, I've 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 avoided it. So so, but you but you know a lot of people that are getting it. A lot of people. Yes. Yeah. 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 And um, and and I don't know if. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit scary just because I I just feel like I'm gonna have a rough go with it because I'm like so. they're like the 40 year old man, chubby uh, fruit heights man gets uh, you know is on a ventilator. That's why I feel like, I feel like it's coming for me, dude. So I'm just trying to be as safe as possible. But yeah. That or it's a massive conspiracy. Those two things are it's what I figured I was going to happen. It's one or the other. I wanted to roll something out for you, Ethan, because this is information that is like right, 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 right now. Okay? Okay. Let's hear it. And that is that the uh, – now, the, the Utah monolith we've been very excited about, right? <laughs> yeah. You saw one showed up in Romania today, right? Yeah, so That's very that. cool. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, it looked very similar, but it looked like someone had taken a grinder to it and done these swirls on it. <laughs> so it's K- like a design. So KSL 5 TV tonight is doing a story on the people who removed the monolith because they know who it is. Oh, they do. Oh, I'm interested and actually the group, to find out a little bit more. Well, you'd be really fascinated in this because the group who removed it actually is not the people who put it there. Yeah, I got that impression. I, did I didn't. I impression. thought maybe it'd be the same group. But here's their vibe. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. So I don't know who this person is, but this is this is a statement from Sylvan Christensen. Don't know who that is. We removed the Utah monolith because there are clear and there are clear precedents for how we share and standardize and use our public lands. Ethan Millard's excited to hear yeah. the rest of this. Yeah. Natural wildlife, native plants, fresh water, etc. The mystery was the infatuation. We want to use this time to unite people and to uh, behind the real issues here. 
We are losing our public lands, and things like this monolith do not help. Let's be clear, the dismantling of the Utah monolith is tragic. And if you think we're proud of it, we're not. We're disappointed. Furthermore, we were too late. We're disappointed in ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) They said, we want to make it clear. We were too late. We want to make it clear. We support art. We support artists. But legality and ethics have defined standards, especially here in the desert, and absolutely so in adventuring. I was like, this is Ethan Miller. Did you dismantle the monolith? So it says the ethical failures of this artist for the 24-inch equilateral gouge in the sandstone from the erecting of the Utah monolith, which I didn't know was a thing, by the way. I didn't know they had done that. Uh, Oh, yeah. They they cut it into the sandstone. Was not even close to the damage that was caused by the internet sensationalism and the subsequent reaction from the rest of the world. Uh, The area was not prepared physically for the population shift, especially during a pandemic. Uh, people arrive by car, by bus, by van, by helicopter, planes, trains, motorcycles, and e-bikes, and uh, <laughs> and there isn't even a, a parking lot. There aren't even bathrooms. And yes, pooping in the desert is a misdemeanor. And I was like, this was written by Ethan Miller. By me, yeah. So yeah. I, I, so there's at least some insight there. These guys, the people who removed it, were people who were upset by the effect it was having on the actual place, yeah. the physical place where it was located. And the and I, th- I, th- I was like, you know what? I make fun of Ethan for all this kind of stuff where he's like, you know, if you poop in the desert, it's a misdemeanor. That I was – but I was very glad that these guys were like, look, we're trying to take – this was a little miniature, uh, you know, celebrity sensationalism. Mm-hmm. And we had to kind of take back our own lands there. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I like it. And, and I'll tell you, the, I was so disappointed. Um, and, you know, the, the monolith itself – I don't know. It didn't bother me that much. But you know what bothered me the most is when I read. Is that Zach- mainstream uh, radio shows on our station were like, were they aliens? Yeah. I was disappointed <laughs> in those people that, were, <laughs> that, that we work with, that too. That was silly. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, but I read Zach. Was Zach Podmore? Is that the name of the Salt Lake Tribune writer? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Something like that. Sure. Anyway, I read his story and about going out there. And that was the part that was really dis- disappointing because he t- he said, you know, he went out there and there were people on motorcycles ripping around off-road. Off oh, yeah. Like zipping around not through on, the bushes and Not on and trails like that. that they're supposed to be on. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and the t- uh, toilet paper blowing across the, the landscape. And it was – that was so sad to me because um, – because I've seen how damaging that can be in other parts of the desert. And I, I posted on social media once it disappeared. I posted it's probably for the best. This is why, you know, eventually you stop sharing locations. Because I've had that experience where things start to get more and more busy. And then the motorcycles show up. Right. And then the animals leave. And then it's, I mean, you can't. And then the, the rock art starts getting shot and chipped off. And then, and then more motorcycles come, come. And then bang, in bang. come the twelve foot monoliths. Boom. And then you know, and then pretty soon, you know, you pull up to these areas that used to be um wilderness, and you know, there might be, you know, thirty, forty bikes and side by sides out there. <laughs> no one stays on the trail because <laughs> sound effects. Um because the there are a lot of ethical people in the in the OHV world. And there are a lot of turds. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, you might go out there, you might go out there and there might be 20 really ethical riders and five turds. And they ruin it for everybody. They ruin it for yeah. everybody. Because Say, Bill, I'm going to jump off this sandstone here right on top of that monolith. Bro, watch this. <laughs> you know, and they're out there. It's, and, 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 the, and the way that they talk, 
it's like the only value that that wilderness has is for their motorcycle. For them to be able to ride on it. Yeah. And and it it's it's so I mean it's 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 humiliating really. It's humiliating for our uh, for our community. And well, it's hold on a minute. We that, were we were on. We were on all the major network news for a while, Ethan. They mentioned well, the Utah. But, but in my mind, like that that art installation, that wasn't the humiliating part. The humiliating part was Where the guys that up, said, yeah. you know, let's go see it. <laughs> you bring the TP? <laughs> I don't need roads. I got... And oh, that was the humiliation in in my mind. That was you wipe your butt with my clutch, buddy. Come on now. You're fine. Hey, well, so I just thought that was it. That was a good little. Uh, I I'm just glad. Like, I'm glad they tore it out. So they tore I it am, out, I'm and it was. Glad. And the guys who ripped it out were mad about uh, all the people showing up. So I thought yeah. that was. Uh, well, and we should go to the desert. The problem is that we can't all go to the same place. And when you go out there, you got to respect the rules. Can I ask you something? You got to respect the rules, and and so many people that go out there, they don't. Okay. And the best we can How do is. How are you corral supposed them. to poop then in the desert? You got to haul it out. Yeah, unfortunately, that is that's pretty dumb. I know. <laughs> but, like, these are the people you want me to hang out with now? It's not impossible. Bunch of poop carriers? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's not really impossible. Bunch of poop haulers? <laughs> no, I know it's not impossible, but I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my kids into, into camping in the wilderness. Yeah. Well, I'm trying I mean, to get my wife to come on one of these trips. It's not happening yeah. now. Well, you know what you got to do? Get, rent, rent a nice trailer. Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> and just don't go like because with, with camping tra- camping trailers are great in the desert. No, the for only sure. drawback is you can't go super far off road. That's true. Um, but you can still find great quiet places. You have a trailer. You have a place that you can use the bathroom yes. and it's not left on the ground. Uh- Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you should try that. Hey, uh, so I was going to say this too. Uh, we, uh, so the uh, Christmas shopping this year is weird, and I don't know how you guys are doing this year. Are you guys doing, uh, is it, uh, how, I, I, are you are you scaling it back because you're like this is weird and you don't go and because we do online shopping anyway online shopping yeah. took over our lives as it was you know a long time ago anyway but well this is a this is actually it's in, it's interesting you should bring this up Alex Ooh. because in our family this is actually a, a watershed year in the sense that things are changing in our family you're pooping and, in the desert more often you're saving a lot of money it's and great. well what's happened is in the past. Christmas used to be kind of about volume. Right. You know what I mean? It was like, well, you get an equal number of presents the kids can open up. It kind of didn't matter what it was. They'd be yeah. excited about it. No, we're at that moment. Thing. We're at those things. We're they at that thing. We're like, oh, yeah, just yeah, open it up. It's got bright colors on it. It lights up. It needs and batteries. And there's a lot to open, right? Yes. That's what they like. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, now they all just want one thing, then, right? Yeah, yeah. They pretty much kind of have have one or two things that they're really hoping for, and the rest of the stuff they don't care about. And so things have really changed. So the Christmas shopping is primarily done, and it went really fast. Like, but the problem is too, they're like, yeah, all I need is a MacBook Air, no problem. Like (laughs) that's the other thing is everything gets more expensive because we're at this moment we're trying to figure out because our we have a twelve year old now and. He's ex- he's exceptionally responsible. He's a super boy. Uh, he's a great student. All those things, and we've been debating about a phone, not a smartphone, but just one of those gab phones. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. ones that just yeah. take just uh, they just do the calls and the text to mom and dad. They only store mm-hmm. like ten numbers or whatever. Right. And but it's a phone for him to for us to be able to get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. And we decided against it. My wife is like, is as soon as we do it, we're one step closer to get it to him being like, this isn't good enough. I need a smartphone now. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, like I, he's also going out and hanging out with friends a little bit more, and they go out and do sure. the night games and blah blah blah. And I'm like wondering because I, but I'm also pulled in the direction of I want to be the cool dad still a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's and he's at that moment where stuff is not as important to him. As it is obviously for the five-year-old or for the three-year-old in the family. So uh, so he – I like feel bad for him because he's still in this weird uh, present purgatory where he is still kind of a boy but still – but also grown up a little bit. And so old stuff that he used to love, he's not cool anymore and I'm not cool enough because I'm not getting him X, Y, and Z. And he's – I think he is. I think I've already prepared him in his mind that he he thinks that they're all jokes that you're not getting a phone and that eventually he's going to get it. I'm like, this is going to be a sad sad moment for him uh, on Christmas Day. Here's the other thing. I I have my I have my thoughts about Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to do my yearly reminder to parents. This is where you have to take back Christmas because Santa gets all of the attention. Yeah. Okay. All the credit. He gets all the credit for the. For for uh, for bringing all the gifts, I just want to tell you something. Have Santa bring only one or two things like that candy are okay. Canes. Yeah, have look, him be, Let's all thank look, Santa for these candy. Look, canes. all the stuff that's going to break the day of that was from Santa. The stuff that they like, their eyes lit up. That's from you. You know why? Because you do all the work during the year. Santa rolls right. in, takes all the credit, and then rolls out of there. So you get the cool. You give the cool stuff to the kids. And mm-hmm. then let Santa give kind of the garbage gifts. And that's how I want my kids to see Santa. He brought some garbage to me for a while. It was kind of fun. And we uh, and that's it. So just my yeah. yearly reminder for that. But I, I think you you're I think you're absolutely right. And let me tell you something. I kind of I really feel for your son. Because and he's uh, and he's even more mature for his age. So he's 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 the oldest kid in the family, but he's also very mature for his age. Well, and this is where um I guess I guess Colin Colin would get this because she's the oldest, isn't, she, isn't Colin? The no, oldest she's kid? the middle. Oh, she's the middle. But she is and definitely the, the baby. Mo- yes, and so she's definitely the most responsible, though. I right. will say that, she is well, the most responsible happens. in her family. Uh, so I know what it's like to be the oldest. I'm the oldest of seven kids, mm-hmm. and so I grew up in a very similar situation to your son. And it's not easy maturing when everyone else is still so young. Yeah. And I think about the difference between myself and my youngest sister. My youngest sister is 14 years younger than me. Okay. I grew up in a household full of children, and she grew up in a household full of adults and teenagers, and it could not be more different. And right, so and that was me. I was always trying to get along with. I was trying to make jokes around people who are way older than me. Yeah. I was trying to get along. I was trying to be noticed by in a group, you know, where where people had their friends over and stuff like That's that. Right. So I get that. And a lot of those experiences that I had early on were a big deal for my parents. But by the time my younger siblings came around to those same things, it, it barely registered. And so I think. There are a couple of things happening here. 
Number one is he's struggling through that growing up, but also being held back by a family that is much younger than he is. Right. Right. And so I know what that's like to kind of be held back and, uh, and it's no one's fault. Right. But also, um, but also you you kind of have to get past the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The uniqueness of his position. Mm -hmm. Like what you're about to do uh, with him regarding phones, you're going to do it five more times. And it's going to be the biggest, it's, it's, you're not even going to remember how you handled it with him. Right. Ugh. Once you get on down the road, and you're like, how old was he? When well, he see, the thing is, is that, yeah. And, and you're I guess have it's... to text him. You say, hey, how old were we when you got your phone? Because he'll remember. You won't. Right. And I was chatting with a dad. Well, and certainly the other was... kids are going to remember it, too. I feel like if yeah. we hold out as long as we can, then the kids can go, well, when he got it, when he was then. And I'll go, nope, he was 14, too. Yeah. Sorry, man. Well, and 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 that's I mean, setting that expectation early is awesome. And but I, I I'm going to. I'm going to tell you what, though, I bet that, you know, if you had like, let's say you set a 14, uh, a 14 year age, minimum age for a phone, just because that's going to become such a no big deal thing. I bet that age is just going to naturally start to sneak down, sneak down, sneak down, sneak down. And uh, because you won't feel the same, you'll feel compelled to wait as long as possible mm -hmm. for him. Cause you only cause you've never done it before. And then once you cross that bridge, he's got a phone. Your next son has a phone. It's going to be easier to start introducing that earlier out of convenience, especially once you hit your daughter, because she's going to hit my daughter. Listen, <laughs> I, you know, I don't do that <laughs> because only my sons, she's going to have a completely different social scene and outlook on For that sure. completely different relationship. And no. So and you know, I, well, the other thing is, is, uh, before we get to the Zen headline here in a minute, I was just going to say too, my kids are just like, I don't know. They're, they're really, they love the comparison thing. And when I was younger, I just, I keep telling them this. I had a pager when I was 16. I was begging for a pager when I was mm -hmm. 16 because cell phones didn't exist. All right. Take the break. We've got a Zen headline next, I assume, because Ethan Miller should have done his homework. And yeah, man. Got this Zen headline. We'll be right back. More to go right here. KSL's The Nightside Project podcast. Um, can I share one more thought with you about kids and phones? And we're back. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was chatting with a dad in my neighborhood. We were talking on the phone because his his son and my son are friends, uh -huh. and his daughters and my daughter friends, oh. and um, they're kind of getting into you know computers, things like that. Uh, his son has built his own computer, and my son has shown some interest in that. And so I was talking to him about it, just wanted to get him some perspective. And he he shared something with me that I thought was was uh, really wise, and he said, you know, at a certain point. You just have to extend a little bit of trust. And and I thought, you know what? I guess that's true. At a certain point, you just kind of have to do it and hope it goes well. And if it goes well, great. If it doesn't, well, then you can reevaluate. It's you a know? learning experience for everybody. Um, and and I thought, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, in this, I know it's a little different from a phone, but in terms of smartphone, there's some similarities. I'm really up in my head about um, my son having his own computer. I'm all I'm up in my head about it completely. Now I know kids his age have their own laptops, whatever else for gaming, things like that. And but I I just 
have not been able to come to terms with it, primarily because of up to this point, computer is such contr- a boogeyman. Right, you've been able to control everything a lot more too. You can and and. But even then, but with a computer, you feel like there's less control and even more access. Right, and it's like when when I was get growing up. Computers were something. It was like have these only in a public place in the house because the second your kid gets online, he's going to be kidnapped. And you know, it's kidnapped like there's these boogeyman online. Yeah. And 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 you, you at a certain point, you kind of have to trust your kid and just get past it. Yeah. And then you know, if you give him those ten numbers for his phone, and one of them ends up being a drug dealer, and the other ends up being a kidnapper, <laughs> well, then you know you reevaluate, uh, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah, 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 but <laughs> I don't know if that's helpful. But. No, that was no, it's good. I always, you know, I always, uh, you're you're about you're about five years ahead of me, and so I'd sort of just kind of look at, at your mistakes and go, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> we had a lot of friends that are in our old neighborhood that were like that too. They have like fifteen year olds, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's crazy that you guys are going through that. And then I go, note Take to self, I'm not doing any of this. Yeah, yeah, when we get home. So. But I, th- I thought it was, I, I appreciated that he had shared that with me. So yeah. that, you know, you're, he's right. At a certain point, I have to extend a little trust. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but um, we'll all survive it. Yeah, I agree. As long as there are no kidnappers you involved. It. You did it. Uh, all right. Well, we got through Zen Headlines music without you actually sharing a Zen Headline. Is that a, <laughs> is that, was that the Zen Headline? That was, Sorry. No, that wasn't Oh, okay. Oof. Uh, this one, this this Zen headline, by the way, was shared by Unky Ben. Good old Unky Ben. I hope he's doing well. He and Chica. Oh, yeah. Uh, Unky Ben shared this with me using the hashtag Zen headlines on Twitter. If you see a great headline that is in the general positivity spectrum, share it with us at uh, hashtag Zen headlines. A North Korean gymnast. Do you read this story? Did you see this one? No. And a, what's crazy to me is that there are uh, a North, North Korean, Korean Well, you know, the communists have always done well with gymnasts. Uh, that's true. Regiment. No, that's true. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there's one way you can show the rest of the world that you know how to dominate people, it's by dominating uh, children and making them tiny and making them jump over things. Yeah, it's amazing. So there you go. <laughs> uh, a North Korean gymnast has escaped to South Korea by Ooh. swinging himself over the border barricades without triggering sensors. The man reported to be in his 20s surrendered after a manhunt by the South Korean military once they realized what had happened. The... Um, the unnamed man was detained without incident and asked for asylum. So they're doing an investigation. Uh, officials were so taken aback by this that they asked him to demonstrate twice how he was able to jump over the three-meter fence without triggering any alarms. Yeah. Uh, military authorities in South Korea vowed to investigate why their high-tech security systems did not detect this guy going over Jeez. the three-meter fence. That's nine feet, which which means he did not jump that, right? I mean, no human can jump nine feet. Unless you're a North Korean gymnast. You've been working really hard. I wonder Boom. if he pole vaulted it or something. Yeah, probably had help from a monolith that was installed earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Probably. By some hey, I did want to share. Artist. I did want to share something with you. I know maybe it sounds a little gloom. Uh, you know, COVID uh, can kind of freak you out a little bit. And I found this little piece of something uh, you know televangelist Kenneth Copeland, right? Yeah. Somebody mixed down uh, some of his uh, his. Uh, I guess it would be it would be to his uh, uh, his, his preachings. Yes, his, some of his preaching, but particularly him casting COVID out of the United States to some heavy metal. You can do that. Oh yeah, check this thing out. Are you ready for this? Standing in the office. 
on a second. What? That guitar is not with it. That is not like Right? That's not like the church. This isn't like the church band, is it? No, of course not. But what he needs happening? to. It's more strong. No, a guitarist got a hold of this and then actually went and made it lyrics, basically. He basically just played along to it. I just think it's amazing. The guitarist, they have him split screen. It's just like a kid, you know, who's basically just playing along to Kenneth Copeland doing the. Wow. uh, Yeah. I I thought, listen, that's my new favorite. That's my ringtone now. I'll tell you what, if Kenneth Copeland is. Kenneth. Kenneth Copeland is smart. He's going to hire that guitarist. No, I mean, dude, I've never felt more. I've never felt more strongly about the things that were coming out of Kenneth Copeland's mouth than just now. Hey, look, man, if you want to cast out COVID, <laughs> that's you got to have you got oh, some, some hard metal backing you up. All right, if well, you hey, cast out COVID. Uh, if you want to, ever, if you want to download the uh, podcast, you can do it. And uh, you if you're listening did. to this, you probably already did. But you tell a friend. I had a chance, though. By the way, sorry, I no, apologize for interrupting. I had a chance to do to promote this podcast, though, because I filled in on oh, KSL on the air last week. Nice. It was really fun. Nice. Did you see any cuss words? I said them all. No, that's good. That'll ask keep you. Kevin, that'll keep you invited back. Well, Scott Mitchell on Unrivaled the other night uh, <laughs> talked Jeez. about how he had to go get uh, his <laughs> one of his coaches promised tickets to his mom, uh, <laughs> and and he it, they were in Hawaii. I think for a game, and he promised the tickets to his mom, and he and he and he was like, "They're like, where are the tickets?" And they couldn't find them. They go, "She's like, well, where's coach? Where's the coach?" And the other coaches were like, uh, "They were like really sheepish about it." And they said he was at this bar. It was a, it was actually a strip club? <laughs> so Scott's mom rocks into a strip club and goes, "Jim Fossil, give me those tickets to the game you promised me." <laughs> so Scott told that story on the air. I just told him he had to uh, call it a gentleman's club. That was it. So there you go. Call it a gentleman's club. We're good. Yeah. Hey, uh, for Ethan Millett, I'm Alex Curie. Thanks for being with us. You can listen to Castles Unrivaled on the air at night and download that podcast. You can download the Nightside Project. Tell a friend, teach a neighbor. Uh, Ethan, what's your commitment to podcasts this week? How many do you want to do? Uh, I think we ought to do another one day after tomorrow. Okay. I'm set for it. Day after tomorrow. Set your calendars. Okay. We'll be right back. Uh, for Ethan Millett, I'm Alex Curie. See you next time, everybody. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.